there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my good friend Tracy. I am here with my invaluable friend Amber. And this team <laughs> that we are on together is called The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. Mm-hmm. And today we're going through The Great Hunt, chapters 12 through 15. Lots of stuff happening. Oh my gosh. But before. Before we jump into all that stuff, we have a milestone coming up. We sure do. We will be having our 100th episode here in a few Uh, weeks. How do we do that? (laughs) How? 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 I'm so proud of us. It was just yesterday when we had our 50th. I know, right? In our one year, a I still whole stinking year ago. Yeah, I still remember like our planning out for our one year, like episode and everything. And now it's like we've had our hundred. Oh my gosh, that was just you know that was the time. It was <laughs> pre-show hype. Mm-hmm. We were anxiously awaiting that trailer drop. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, the good old days. The good old days. Back before our illusions were ripped away from us. <laughs> Is that too is that too stark to say it that way? It feels like it. <laughs> How do you what do you call it? Before the wool was pulled over our eyes? Yeah. Or, or removed. Like or removed. Yeah, removed. Yeah. yeah. I mean maybe maybe it is in a way. I mean, Who knows? <laughs> trying to convince us. I mean, I put was... wool in my eyes all the time, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Not, I'm not a wool head. <laughs> or eye. Or wool eye. You're a wool eye, not a wool head. Yeah. Amber the wool eye. But back mm-hmm. to did we do a, Did we do a quote? Well, I just wanted to, before we start, I wanted to say that for our 100th episode celebration, I guess. Mm-hmm. We will be doing a live stream, so make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel, and we are going to just open that up to everyone. It's not going to be just a patron thing. Mm-hmm. It'll be for any of our listeners who want to join us, and we have some stuff that we want to give away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like how I said that as a question. <laughs> right? We we already decided. We know what we're going to do. I mean, it, to some extent. To some extent, we know what to we're going to do. To some extent. Yeah. I think we have, like, one definite thing we know we're going to do. Yeah. We have a, a mystery donor who is offer, graciously offering up a Patterns of the Wheel coloring book. I don't know if any of you have seen these before, but... They're so cool. They are so cool. And we'll be giving that away and some other things. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff on 
the shop right now, like as far as Wheel of Time merchandise goes. I mean, all of it is really good. I'm not going to try On our shop. Yeah, on our shop. Amazon. No, Amazon could take a lesson from the designs you make. Just say. I... I've heard people say, like, is it so hard just to find a shirt that's not black that has printing on the front and the back? Right. That was a Twitter post I saw the other day. Is is that why we now have a black t-shirt with print on the front and the back? Well, it's in multiple colors. Thank you. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right. <laughs> How dare I? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff to choose from for a, a prize gifty thing for our listeners for our 100th anniversary. Because, I mean, as much fun as it is talking to each other, like, we do this all the time anyway. It makes it so much more fun having people who actually listen and interact with us. So this is as much a celebration yeah. of our listeners as it is of like what we've been putting together for the last 100 episodes just so you guys know how important you are to us thank you yeah 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 if you want go look at our our shop you can find i don't know it's linked everywhere on instagram and twitter it's on our website Mm -hmm. just find us somewhere if you want to get an idea of stuff that we're going to be giving away you can check it out yeah yeah i'm excited so, <laughs> the dragon reborn. Ah, we're getting to such good parts. Okay. Do you want me to do the quote now? Are we yes, doing, are we please. doing the Nynaeve one? Yes. Okay. Nynaeve's face softened, but when she spoke, her voice held something of the time when she had been the wisdom of Emmonsfield, saying words that had to be said for someone's own good. Remember that body, Egwene. Remember that he tried to kill you. Kill us. Remember the Black Aja. Remember them all the time, because if you forget just once, the next time it may be you lying dead. Nynaeve, the dragon reborn. Chills. Chills. Right. Okay. I ho- you know what? I was just thinking of, Tracy. Did mm-hmm. I say the great hunt earlier? I feel like I did. No, I think you said the dragon reborn. Okay, but I mean... Good. So it's we'll the, see. It's the Dragon Reborn, guys. We didn't yeah. we didn't go backwards. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna start off with chapter twelve, the Amerlin seat. I love this. And is it not so good to get a Swan Sanjay freaking point of view? It's so good. It's I love getting inside her head. I love it. All the fishisms, the swanisms. The swanisms. Yes. Love so, it. quick recap Swan Sanche is in her office chambers, and Leanne informs her that Varen seeks an audience with her. So, once they're alone, Varen tells her Rand has po- proclaimed himself the Dragon Reborn, mm-hmm. and the pattern no longer has uses for the false dragons who mm-hmm. have both been dealt with swiftly mm-hmm. and next Perrin gives her dun, 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 mm-hmm. the horn of freaking Valier. Mm-hmm. so then Varen's like oh by the way Matt blew it and Matt is now linked to it and he's also connected to the Shatter Logoth dagger and he's dying <laughs> so we learned that and then she also informs her that 
the Shanchen are here. And Swan Sanchez is kind of like, yeah, okay, cool story. But anyways, <laughs> like hand waves it. And the next topic of things turns to our runaways, Egwene, Nynaeve, and Elaine. And Swan is like, I want a full report from you, Baron. And we kind of like leave off there. Mm-hmm. So, which I appreciate. Really, yeah. Right? It was a quick chapter, but it was still so good. Yeah, it was fairly information dense in a way. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I mean, like you said about Matt, he's blown the horn. He's attached to the mm-hmm. dagger from Shadar Lagoth. So he's like, poisoned in an entirely different way and what was the third thing there's a third thing um oh he's dying yeah <laughs> he's dying i kind of forgot about that part um please don't forget about matt I, how which is what I? which is what everyone is like hoping for in these chapters yeah. like yeah. what i'm hoping for is like what about matt yeah like, i feel as though there's like a part in each of these chapters that is oh don't forget about matt like everybody like everyone occasionally has like that thought like don't forget about matt um but the way that varon and swan talk about him in this chapter it introduces the question of will they heal him you know yeah yeah and too it kind of brings forth the question of okay so if the dragon reborn isn't the horn blower mm-hmm. then what does that mean for the dragon reborn the prophecies etc 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 exactly yeah because i mean they've been under this assumption that the horn of valier since it says it's supposed to be at the last battle of course it also has to be you know attached to the dragon reborn as well So, nope, you guys were wrong. (laughs) An impetuous boy named Matt Cawthon grabbed that horn and was like, we're going to die. I'm blowing this fucking horn. You know, it always goes back to our friend Robert who made that meme with (laughs) (laughs) Baal Saman and Rand fighting in the sky. And then, oh, so good. good. Okay, that's my that's my little horn of Valyr noise. I don't yeah, I don't know where Robert <laughs> is in his life, what he's doing, but I still think of it and I think of you. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So good. We've also I mean, we're also learning about these false dragons that the pattern has kicked to the curb, which mm-hmm. I just think is hilarious. Right. How they interpreted it as like, well, pattern's done with you. Away you go. <laughs> Bye. Right. <laughs> Throw them on the trash heap. Like, they're just not even needed any longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how... Mazarum type... Yeah, I think it's... I don't know if this is the first name drop of Mazarum Taim, but I think it might be. And then some other nameless guy who's not important. Yeah, because, like, I think he was found in... False here. dragon number two. Yeah, he was... <laughs> <laughs> Minus a head, I think. Like, didn't the Terrans, like, grab him and execute him immediately? Something like they that. They put him in the chokey. <laughs> Matilda style. Day there. <laughs> I think the other thing that 
like pops up in here is a little bit of like the ceremony and connections of people in the tower. Like, well, actually, you had asked if this was like the first name drop of Masm Taim, and now it's stuck in my head whether it is or not. Sorry. I know the first false dragon that we get in the Eye of the World is low game. Yeah. But I, I mean, I could be wrong. I could, they could have mentioned Mazram Time before, but I don't know. I think up to this point, he's kind of been referred to as like the false dragon in Saldea or something like that. Because isn't he like the one that's from the Borderlands? Mm-hmm. I don't know where Mazram Taim is from. Okay. But whatever. He's not important anymore. The pattern crumpled point. him up yeah. and threw him away. Forget all about mm-hmm. him. <laughs> Slam dunk into the jokey. <laughs> Take that time. I don't remember which one of the two it was, but like gets thrown off of his horse. It's Taim. Like <laughs> It's him. Was it Taim mm-hmm. or the other one? <laughs> like knocked unconscious. Yeah. I bet he was I bet he was pretty salty after that. <laughs> Well, can you imagine like your fo- like you fall off your horse and then all of your followers are just like, oh no, he's dead. He's not dead, but they're like, yeah, he's dead, and just like go home. They run away. <laughs> like, that was it. Yeah, they run away. <laughs> Why? This is this is your supposed leader. You don't even check to make sure that he's really dead. You just run away. I don't know. I have a newfound appreciation of Logan's followers in the Wheel of Time TV show because when he was captured, they were like, to the dragon! And like, <laughs> Mazarum Taim's followers were like, eh, we didn't really like him that much. Is it dinner time? I think I'm, I'm yeah. feeling a little a little hungry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, I guess this is done. Head on home. Head on home, everybody. <laughs> So weird. But you, yeah, that's actually a really good point on Logan's followers and the way that it's shown in the TV show. Because, like, Landrin is all dismissive, dismissive of them and is, like, mm-hmm. they, they like, took one look at the power and they just ran home to their mothers or whatever. And here they are, like, running towards the hill and descending mm-hmm. upon it. So, yeah, that I think that was – I think it's good to see – the level of commitment people who follow the dragon have and show it early. Like, as things go along and Rand starts building a following as the Dragon Reborn, he's going to need people who have that level of fervor commitment to him and that can also bite him in the ass. So it's going to be really interesting to see like how they they take that to the show and what they do with it. Well, I mean, as we've seen in some of the previous chapters, Rand is already starting to have this with people like Mm Masima, who are just basically, has the dragon forsaken us? Why has he left? What have I done? (laughs) You know, like very, very dedicated. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Masima has like a basic meltdown when Rand leaves their camp so mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's already affecting people that way you're right yeah and I do like how all of this is playing out mm-hmm. just within like conversation between Farron and 
the Amarlin seat. Mm-hmm. Not even Leanne is in the room. Like, that was actually what I, I was going to start to say is like, we haven't had a lot of chapters inside the White Tower when we have, like, we've gotten a little bit about like the hierarchy and who does what and who goes where. But when Swan asks Leanne to leave her alone with Varen, like, Leanne's kind of surprised because the Keeper of the Chronicles is usually always with the Amarillo in a meeting like right. this. So it's her right hand. Yeah. So for her to be like, I just want to talk to Varen by myself. Like, of course, she's going to be a little surprised and curious. Like, I'd want to know what was going on in that room. Like, she doesn't Swan have right. the room warded? She has it warded, doesn't she? Oh, she has to. Yeah. She has to. I feel as though she has it warded and she tells Varen about it. And Varen is surprised. And Swan is like, much has changed since you left. Like, we're starting to see the cracks that are there widening and coming up to the surface in these terribly weird factions inside the White Tower. Like, there are women willing to eavesdrop on the Amarillan seat, and she knows it, so she protects against it. What kind of place mm-hmm. is the White Tower now? Yeah, and Swan is also second-guessing her ties and connections to people mm. that she is very close with, mm-hmm. like Moraine, because I think she says something like, has Moraine once again made some new plan without consulting me? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like we're supposed to be questioning Moraine, mm. which at this point, like she's been pushing Rand further and further away. Mm-hmm. And now Moraine, Lan, and Perrin and Loyal are off running after Ran. So again, it's like, I mean, I know that they're kind of supposedly like putting in this like question of like, can we trust her? Mm -hmm. But I mean, I never, despite how often this kind of comes up in the books, I don't think I ever doubted Moraine, you know, like it's supposed to feel like tense, Mm -hmm. but she always felt like too big of a character that there wasn't going to be some like, oh, is she a bad guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But again, we're still pretty early in the series, and I think Robert Jordan is just kind of, now he's starting to kind of find his flow, and mm-hmm. the rules are getting, you know, hammered out, and we can see how the evolution of his writing is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this this book is such a good this book is such a good example of that. Like straight from I mean really even book 2 to this one, the way that it changes and evolves like book 2, the difference from book 1, like it's really kind of incredible how his writing has improved. Like it wasn't bad, but now it's like gobble up good in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I have a hard time putting the book down after reading my four chapters and I've read this book so many times. It just doesn't seem like I should have that urge still to be like, but what happens next? But I want to. And it's the writing. The writing is so good. 
Yeah. 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 Like I agree. I know the story, but it's the writing and the the nuance and the characters and everything. And I'm just like, mm, so good. I just love it so much. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Oh, what please. do you think about Swan kind of like moving on from this news of the Shan Chen? Like Varen's <laughs> like, oh yeah, the Shan Chen <laughs> and Swan's like, yeah, we've got uh bigger fish to fry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I of course have split feelings on this. Part of me understands, like, her pushing it aside because as far as she knows, as far as Varen knows, the Shanchen have left the Westlands and they could be regrouping, but they might not be. And so at the moment, like, when she's like, we have more important things to do, I think it's, I think it's almost a necessary component compartmentalization of her role as Amerlin to be like I have to worry about that later I can't worry about it now like there are things that are like bam like healing Matt and figuring out what to do with that and oh yeah the dragon reborn like black Aja I think the the dragon reborn is probably like the most pressing matter yeah so I I can understand why she does that however the fact that Varen states that they use the one power in battle, I feel as though the White Tower should have done something to address that. Like, the White Cloaks are going around telling everybody that the Aes Sedai are helping these invaders in the Westlands, and I'm sure they're not going to let people think that the Shanchen have left forever and they won't come back, and that the Aes Sedai don't still have ties to them in their conspiracy way of thinking so yeah and there's something to say too about the white folk saying that it was the Aes Sedai Mm -hmm. isn't there a saying about how like in the news the truth is boring but if it's something sensational sensational and exciting Mm -hmm. like a lie Mm -hmm. it'll spread like wildfire Mm -hmm. so like Swan's really in trouble now Mm -hmm. because I just think once this, once these rumors are being spoken about the White Tower, Mm -hmm. about the Aes Sedai, these legendary women doing something like this, Mm -hmm. it's going to start a lot of trouble, especially with people that don't look upon the White Tower as favorably. Exactly. As some of the other nations mm-hmm. i mean some nations are pretty cool pretty have a good relationship with the eyes that i but there are some that do not at all so yeah yeah that's that's what i'm thinking too like at least send like put together a pr campaign like get some sisters together and come up with an idea because this is something that impacts the entire tower like fix it yeah and I mean, I'm just thinking about how quickly rumors like this will catch up to people. Exactly. Yep. And I mean, rumor I mean, rumor dis- isn't ever far. Like Varen even says it when they're on their way back from Falma, and they get 
They're like mm-hmm. right before they get attacked by, or maybe it was after, but something along the lines of like, do you think rumor travels the same paths we did? Like news of this could be like way, way, way ahead of us and we just don't know about it. So who knows what people it's... throughout the Westlands are thinking right now, but I think it's really foolish of Swan not to take that bit of information seriously and do something about it. Like she could delegate that. Yeah. And the, I feel like it's a lot of foreshadowing, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. And in a way, I think it's like, it's almost dismissive for the reader too, in a way. Like, if the Amerlin isn't taking this threat seriously, why would I take it seriously as a reader? Yeah, I I mean, I, I don't want to go too much further into it. I'm going to save that for a spoiler section. No, that's perfect. Good chapter here. Tame, False Dragons, Sean Chen, Bornevalier. Yeah. Matt, Rumors, Fish Metaphors. <laughs> Not at all. It's really good. And like you said, it's actually a really short chapter. I hadn't realized how short. It's like four pages in my book. Mm. It's yeah. super mm-hmm. short and it's just so dense. It's wild. And then of course, like the last thing is, what are you gonna do with the runaways? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do we want to move on to chapter thirteen? Let's do it. Punishments. So now we've switched to Egwene's point of view, and Mm -hmm. she's alone in her room waiting for her summons from the Amarlin seat. She is talking to Elaine through this tiny little hole in the wall, which is super cute. Mm -hmm. And they're discussing their likely punishments, and should they run? Will they be stilled? Should Elaine ask her mother, the queen, to intervene? And... Then they are taken to the Keeper of the Chronicles, and Leanne, to Leanne, the Keeper of the Chronicles, and are escorted to the Amarlin. Nynaeve is already there, and Nynaeve blurts out that Leandrin took them. Mm-hmm. And Swan commands them to keep quiet and informs them that Leandrin fled the tower with 12 of her sisters, warders were killed. Her Angriol were taken, and the three young women will all receive punishments of switching by the mistress of the novices. Egwene and Elaine will be raised to novices. Nope, accepted. Yep, thank you. Accepted. Elaine's mother, the queen, visited Tarvalin uh-huh. and was extremely upset by Elaine's absence. She's even refused to take her Aes Sedai advise her home to Camelin. Ooh, I know where this is going, right? but I won't tell you. So Elaine is taken to Shiriam, and, who is the mistress of novices, and Swan wants to have a private talk with Egwene and Nynaeve, and that is where this chapter ends. I was writing down something about Elida. Oh yeah, oh Elida. Oh yes, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite favorites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I there's a very small moment here since this is this is an Aguin point of view where she is like sitting on her bed and she's thinking about what happens or like what's happening to her at the moment and she's comparing it to being in a small cell and then she I think she says what if they mean to keep me here in this room like a cell like a collar and I think this is one of the very few places where we get that like flashback to the Shanchen. She has them, but they're just kind of infrequent and they fade away. And she's a young woman. She's a young woman who has been captured twice. I, j- I wish we were able to kind of process those things with her more. Well, I mean, when she's talking about being kind of like in a cell, like yeah. you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. There's also another part, too, where she's talking about, like, I can almost feel the strings on my arms and legs. Mm -hmm. And this is in context to, let me find it. She, so they're talking about what their consequences will be. Mm -hmm. And she says, she's complaining to Elaine. She says, Baron says, Moraine says, I know why people think Aes Sedai are puppet masters. I can almost feel the strings on my arms and legs. Mm -hmm. Whatever they do, it will be what they decide is good for the White Tower, not what is good or fair for us. Mm -hmm. And I know we had talked about this a little bit the other day because Mm -hmm. it was such a, I mean, such a moment that stood out for me because she's point blank saying that the white tower is only out for themselves Mm -hmm. which i don't disagree right but she is 100 percent committed to being an aes Sedai. Mm -hmm. elaine says you still want to be an aes Sedai, don't you and Egwene hesitates and she says yes I still do. It's the only way we will ever be safe. So, I mean, we've got this in contrast to in one of the chapters coming up where Nynaeve basically admits she only wants to become an Aes Sedai so that she can, like, get back at Moraine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it is so interesting the differences between these two girls who came from the same village Mm -hmm. who are both fairly headstrong who are both independent strong female characters yeah and a lot of the times i know like we want to kind of like compare because Mm -hmm. it's just it's They've came from the same place, essentially. So yeah. they're a lot of a lot alike in many ways. Mm-hmm. But just how different it is that Egwene is like, I'm thinking of protection right now, and how often Nynaeve is thinking of protection mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I'm seeing a lot of like similarities and differences between the two of them and it's just been really fun Mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's telling that a queen is like this is the only way um like I kind of understand Nynaeve's desire to stay in the tower and become 
Aes Sedai almost more than Egwene's. In some ways, I kind of wish he just would have, like, gotten super stubborn about the fact that everybody was pushing her around and became one of the Tower Runaways. Like, what a fun story would that have been if Egwene decides to just be, like, Rand <laughs> and just run away? Egwene, you mean? No, you know how Rand runs away from, like, Moraine and everybody else? Like, what if Egwene just, like, decided to do the same thing? Like, Maureen was That's like... That's what I meant. Like, you're talking about... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a really fun story. Right? We can we can talk about some of that a little bit later in the spoilers, but it's it's telling that she's like, this is the only way. And my immediate thought is, really? Mm-hmm. The only way? Is this what the tower has convinced everyone of? Like, is that why she's convinced of it? Or is it the power that's associated with the tower that she wants a piece of? Yeah, but, like, I could see... <laughs> I can see it from two different ways because Mm -hmm. in one, it's like that power is attainable for her, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're being told how strong they are and Mm -hmm. they're climbing through the ranks very quickly. Like there's potential in these women Mm -hmm. rapidly. So it's like, okay, like I can receive this. This is Mm -hmm. what it can do for me. This Mm -hmm. is what I can get out of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Egwene is in, I feel like, total uh, self-preservation mode. Where I was, I she's was just been, writing that down. <laughs> she's been, you know, like, kidnapped, put in slavery, enslaved, and she's trying to just do whatever feels right in the moment Mm -hmm. and so like I totally understand why she would be thinking this but at the same time I like how different Nynaeve is where if this would have happened to Nynaeve I think Nynaeve would have just been like the hell with all of you Mm -hmm. like I don't need this Mm -hmm. yeah and I know when we talked the other day I said that Egwene feels almost like a politician where like I can achieve change from mm-hmm. within the system mm-hmm. where Nynaeve is almost like this battering ram, like a revolutionary. Like I will, I will kill you in your bathtub side. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Like she doesn't need to be a part of a group Mm-mm. to, get to her end goals I feel like I like that you say that that she doesn't need to be a part of a group I'm writing something down for later okay yeah okay well we'll we can talk about it when we get there I yeah. guess. but yeah I was writing down that like at this moment Egwene probably feels a lot of protection being inside the tower she's there with a with mm-hmm. Elaine and Nynaeve like the two women who came to rescue her like the only person missing is men and leandrin and her cronies have left they've left yeah so i mean even if there's one or two left behind i mean strength in numbers yeah i mean like a school of fish 
if you're going to be attacked by women who can channel, it's probably best to be protected by women who can channel. So I feel like that's a really valid thing to say that she's like, and I, I, there's also that moment when she's like on her way back to Tarvalon from Falma and she's like standing in her stirrups to see if she can see the tips of Tarvalon. And she realizes that to her, it feels like home now. So she also has that association to it that she's not drawn to go back to her village, that this has become the place mm-hmm. where she belongs. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I just... And it's just such... Go ahead. Sorry. So I really thought that it was interesting, all of the things that happened once Leandrin realized that there's a possibility, like, her cover is blown. So she... Not only did she leave, she left with 12 other Aes Sedai. Mm Mm-hmm. Warders were killed yep. in this event, and Terangriol were stolen. Stolen. Yeah. And I love how when, like, this is all coming for, like, our young women, you know, I can just picture them, like, hands on hips, like, gasping, like, no, no, they wouldn't. Like, the audacity. <laughs> it's appalling. There's a really good uh, swan moment that includes like a fun fish metaphor talking about like what happened the night that all of those sisters left. Um, it's theft. The Hammerlin went on in tones as cold as her eyes with the least of what they did. Three sisters died that night as well as two warders, seven guards and nine of the servants murder done to hide their thieving and their flight. It may not be proof that they were <gasps> black Aja. I won't say anymore. But then she says, when there are fish heads and blood in the water, you don't need to see the silver pike to know they're there. <laughs> right? Oh, it's so good. And that list, that's 3, 5, 12, 21. They killed 21 people leaving. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, it. it begs the question... Were they just in total self-preservation mode? Like, they had to have known their cover was blown. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they wouldn't have killed all these people because that's going to draw a lot, a of, lot attention. of attention. Mm-hmm. Which makes it feel like it's hasty. Like, they're yeah. on the run. And they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. It is interesting, though, that she takes so many people with her. So in some ways, I feel like this is coordinated but done quickly. Like, this is what you're going to do, and this is the time frame you have. Get the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, somebody else is giving mm-hmm. the orders, and they're following. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Especially so, since the Tarangriol were stolen. Because, right? as we know from last week, talking about all of the different Tarangriol and how powerful they are and mm-hmm. what they can really do. Mm-hmm. How important would these things be? Yeah. And I mean, I think when Swan's talking about it, she says that uh, they took Tarangriol, some that they knew what to do with and some that they did not. So that's another place where I'm like, someone's told them what to get. 
And I bet that someone knows what to do with those, which of course hints at the Forsaken. So, yeah. Are they pulling the strings for this? And if they are, which one? <gasps> Is Lyandrin having bells <gasps> on dreams? Oh. Oh, I don't know. What if they give Landrin a Bialzamon? Bialzamon. Okay, so so what if they give Landrin a Bialzamon, whatever, dream in the TV show? They could. I mean, it just, it depends on how they want to introduce her as Black Aja. You know, uh-huh. like how how they want to put her in question. Are we going to get her like whisking the girls away to do uh-huh. all the things? Or are we going to possibly like set up the plot line between this mysterious man in North Harbor that she's meeting with? Mm-hmm. Like. Is it a dark friend? Probably. Is it, you know, like it could be anything. Mm-hmm. But I do. They could like, do another dream. It is. I'm kind of over the dream sequences, though. Totally. But I do think that <laughs> they are. The TV show has set Landrin up well to be in a position to lead Nynaeve and Egwene away from the tower. Like. We've commented how she seems approachable at times and kind of friendly, and her interactions with Nynaeve have been... I don't know, though, Tracy, because her her relationship with Nynaeve is like Nynaeve could not give a fluff about her. That's true. So, like, I kind of feel like if... Leandrin was like, oh, your friend Rand, he's in danger. (laughs) Nynaeve Mm -hmm. would be like, you know, like, (laughs) pulls out the BS detector. Like, I don't (laughs) think I can trust anything you say, Ding, 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 ding. That's a good point. She does, like, when Leandrin walks away from her and Lan sits down with her in in the show. She's she says something like that woman's a snake or something like that. Like she calls her out. Yeah. She sees her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good point. I forgot that so that I mean, happened. However they approach this mm-hmm. plot, they're going to have to be clever about it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Cause we're going and cause she's gonna have to convince three people. She's gonna have to convince yeah. Nynaeve, Elaine, and Egwene to go along with her. I would love it if they did this in the show. I really would. I don't know how I feel about using the ways again. I would really love it if they just never used them again in the show. Uh, <laughs> they were fun the first time. <laughs> I don't really necessarily know if we need them again. So do we want to continue on to... Our next chapter. Some things that happen. Oh, okay. No, well, no, no. I just Actually, to say that I'm. Please. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I'm really like loving this whole moment with more gays being introduced into the story again. 
and how we know that like there are high tensions between Tarvalin and the Queen of Andor mm-hmm. because Tarvalin lost the daughter heir. Uh-huh. Like, Good reason to uh, do that. So they, yeah, they had to come up with something quick, you know, yeah. I'm sure, because let's be honest, Morghese is no dope. Mm-mm. So I'm this was yeah. exactly what I wanted to come back to. Because I was like, next chapter, and then okay. I flipped the page and I saw one of my notes. And I was like, oh no, I wanted to talk about Morghese and Andor. Like, a light has been left behind. Morghese has no advisor. And there's unrest in Andor as, like, at this moment. So, and the daughter heir is missing. Morghese's yeah. whole reign is just chaotic, almost, at this point. So she needs someone to come, like, to be her advisor, to be there to help her. And that is, that is something to pay attention to, that there's a bit of a power vacuum in Andor without the Aes Sedai advisor there. And there's unrest. Here, here. Yeah. Here, here. <laughs> Okay, so before we go to chapter 14, a mm-hmm. word from our sponsors who are us. That's us. Momentary interruption, friends. Since we are not good at remembering to promote ourselves during the show, here's how you can keep the road to Tarvalin growing. First off, rate and review us wherever you listen to The Road to Tarvalin. This helps new listeners find the podcast. Listener support is available through Anchor. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month with amounts leading up to a generous $9.99 a month. Also, we have a new merch shop. Cozy Contorta was inspired by the books and characters we love, and it's not just Wheel of Time focused. Go check it out at Cozy Contorta on Instagram or find the link on our website via social media. Income means better equipment, more content, and more opportunities to be able to grow our amazing community. We love you all and feel endlessly grateful to each of our listeners for joining us week after week on the road to Tarvalon. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And we're back. We're back. (laughs) So chapter 14, The Bite of Thorns. I love the title of this chapter. So let's see here. Once alone with Egwene and Nynaeve, Swan discusses the murders and the connection to the Black Aja secret. And what it boils down to is she wants these two young women to track down any remaining Black Aja members. And Elaine will not be allowed in on this hunt because it's way too risky to further instigate a bad relationship with the Queen. Mm-hmm. So a little time passes, and Egwene and Nynaeve are like, you know what? Like, fuck it, I'm in. And <laughs> they're going to be Black Aja hunters. Mm-hmm. So to help with this mission, they are given a signed letter from the Amerlin commanding the recipients to obey the command of the bearer of the letter. But it is for emergency use only. Egwene asks about Matt, and Swan's like, I will send word once I know anything. And that's this chapter. Mm-hmm. In a quick little bite-sized summary. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. I mean, that is exactly Thank what you. it boils down to. You're exactly right. It's 
the recruiting of Nynaeve and Egwene and like Nynaeve at one point recognizing finally I guess that Egwene is a woman you know she has that that moment where like woman girl work. you're a woman <laughs> Okay. I'm sure Egwene was like so happy to hear that. Right. Like, I'm a real woman now. <laughs> Yay. She was probably annoyed. Like, oh God. Right. I roll. I roll. Mm-hmm. She does she does state in this chapter, because when you had said the thing about the puppeteer strings, I was kind of looking out for it. This is a place where she mentions it again, where she feels like she's being controlled. And like even though the Amerlin is giving them a quote-unquote choice, she's not really giving them a choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right with that. Mm-hmm. I think she even says it, like, yeah. Uh, the Amerlin smiled as if pe- pleased, but there was something in her blue eyes that made a queen suspect that she had known what their decisions would be all along. For an instant, she felt those puppeteer strings on her arms and legs again. Yeah. I, I love these these moments of what the tower is and how people react to how orders <laughs> are given. Well, I mean, the Omerlin Sea implies that you should do something or that she wants something she's gonna get it you know this is swan this is swan sanche like who will forever be sophie okinado in my mind and it's gorgeous i love putting her face to swan's character in the books it just fits so well fits so well um yeah i really i'm i can't wait to see kind of an almost more playful side of Swan mm-hmm. Sanche. Agreed. You know, mm-hmm. like she's not this like fire and brimstone mm-hmm. type person all the time. Like mm-hmm. she commands the room, yes, mm-hmm. but she's also playful and funny mm-hmm. and she's just good character. I think they did that. I think they touched on that in the show when they have a queen and Nynaeve brought to the Amberland seat <clears throat> and Moraine's there and the Amberland's like all just chilled out just sitting there and like kind of joking a little bit and then she like snaps back into her like I'm the Amberland seat I am the flame of Tarvalon you know it's good it gives like a and, nice little and to what yeah, when Nynaeve is like, something smells like bullshit or whatever. Uh-huh. And I, and she kind of, like, smirks, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where mm-hmm. she was like, she didn't get mad about it Mm-mm. outwardly. Mm-mm. She kind of, like, found it funny, I think. I think she so. appreciated Nynaeve's directness. Yeah. Like, her unwillingness to bend. Because she was in front of the Amarillan seat. You know, she was like, I don't recognize your authority until I choose to. And I just think that mm-hmm. Swan's probably a little tickled by that. Because, I mean, how many people actually react that way to her? 
Yeah. <laughs> and I just love that. This young girl is like, well, I shouldn't say young girl. I'm sorry. That makes you think of like a six-year-old. This woman is standing there in front of her who's got to be several decades younger than her. And it's just like, you've got nothing. Mm -hmm. Convince me, yeah. please, of what's going on. Because right now, I think she says, when are you going to stop blowing smoke up my ass? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Naive. Yeah. She's so good. I also, I think it's, um, Varen is the one who's going to be giving all of the information about uh, Leandrin and the others that have left left the tower along with like the list of Trongreal that have been taken. And there's this moment in here, like poor Swan, because she's like, if I have, Who if can I she have trust? to trust, yeah, she's like, if I have to trust someone, I suppose Varen. You know, it's almost like she's throwing a dart in the darkness and hoping for the best. And that must be how it feels right now. Like, I am sure she had some idea. I mean, she, it's Swan. She knows well, the Black Aja is there. I don't think she was expecting 13 of them to leave all at the same time. Right? That's the thing that should be, like, that should be the most shocking news. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, who cares about the Dragon Reborn? There are 13 of them mm -hmm. 13 yep that's Trained. bigger than that's about the same size of some of the ajas mm -hmm. you know <laughs> like... good point good point yes so i mean all as she as of right now all she knows is that she can trust Egwene, nynaeve and elaine mm -hmm. and maybe possibly Varen. maybe but again, yeah, poor thing. I do think uh, I like that Varen's got this information. I know there's something coming up that's going to be kind of important that makes me smile about the situation. The other thing in this chapter that makes me smile is the Amarillan shuffling through a bunch of papers and like thinking about it. And then, like, makes a decision and hands, like, these two pieces of parchment over to Egwene and Nynaeve. And when they open them up, it's basically a free pass to do whatever the fuck they want. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I think Nynaeve is like, what does she say? I'm she trying says, to think, but she's like, she says, I, I can make it. Yep. Go. Oh, I, I don't have the book in front of me. Oh, she says, I could make a warder dance with this. Like, she starts okay. out, yeah, she says, I could do anything with this. Nynaeve said in a wondering voice, order the guards to march, command the warders. She gave a little laugh. I could make a warder dance with this. I wonder who she's talking mm. about. God, if I can make, if I can make Daniel Henny dance with me by an order of the <laughs> Amarillan seat, I would get on my horse and leave. <laughs> Yes, do you think he would do? <laughs> I mean, like, what does a water dance look like? Let's be honest. Ah, uh, kind of like this uh, Michael Scott gif you've got going in the champagne chat. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my gosh, I need to superimpose Daniel yes, Hanny's head do. on that. 
what happens when Nynaeve commands a warder to dance. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay. I do. Moving on. I do love that because it shows her heart. You know, like it shows her instant grasp of it, but then also almost this like whimsical. This is where a part of me always is. Is thinking about this warder. I don't blame her. Okay. Well, I don't. I almost don't see it <laughs> as like whimsical. I almost see it as like, how can I humiliate him? <laughs> you know oh really like yeah like he he left her you know like mm, she's point. she's still angry okay but i think she would still find it like funny like i don't oh, think yeah you know like it it speaks to her like tenderness i think you know yes. it's not like she was like i could get this water and imprison him and make him walk on beat him with a stick yeah (laughs) yeah it was like (laughs) i'm gonna make him do it (laughs) do a humiliating dance (laughs) i love that that's actually a really good combination and feels very naive-ish a little humiliation a little tenderness tiny bit of healing Mm -hmm. you know yeah all the things that make up naive Yeah, I just, oh, I, love, also, I love her reaction. Mm, what? I believe um, this is something that I noticed when I was reading this chapter. I think we finally get our first chapter icon for the Black Aja, Ooh, which is really cool. I hadn't noticed. I'm going to go back and look at it. It's like the two Oh, is it the two heads. faces? Yeah, two faces. I love that. We should get a Black Aja Hunter t-shirt and put, like, that thing on it. That'd be cool. <laughs> so oh, let's see it. here. I didn't mm. have anything else for this chapter, to be Mm-mm. honest. Nope. Okay. So here we go. Let's get down to the <laughs> nitty-gritty. Chapter so 15, excited. The Gray Man. Mm. So this one is from Egwene's point of view again and her and Nynaeve are headed to the novice quarters and they're talking about all of this hunting for the Black Aja and they realize that Elaine hasn't returned yet from her meeting with Shiriam and as they're discussing this something whizzes by nicks Egwene in the ear draws blood and Nynaeve like pulls her down to the ground Mm. and as this happens, they both embrace Sidar, and Nynaeve spots a man in the distance and ties him with weaves of air, the same weaves that she learned from when Swan Sanche <laughs> did it to her. <laughs> so when they reach this man, he has already been murdered and his crossbow is gone. Shiriam shows up and is like, I demand an explanation. Mm-hmm. And we learn that this man is actually a gray man, mm-hmm. a.k.a. someone who has literally given their soul to the Dark One, a soulless person. Like, literally no soul. Mm-hmm. Not like soulless as in, like, you're terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, that is so. a very important <laughs> distinction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so Shirion sends them to their rooms and Egwene and Nynaeve search for this crossbow bolt and find that it's 
already missing. Mm-hmm. So someone has retrieved it. Mm-hmm. it uh, Nynaeve notes that Shiryam never wondered who stabbed the gray men. Mm-hmm. Gray man. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much wraps it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of stuff happening here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when Shiryam sees that it's a gray man, like, she touches him first, and then, like, like with, while she's holding the power, and she is, like, he, like, she recoils from him, and then, like, reaches back out, and is, like, he was dead even when he was walking, you know? Like, that's what selling your soul to the dark one is like but it also gives them the ability to just not really be seen it gives them the ability to play the blues really well (laughs) when you sell your soul to the dark one do they do this at a good crossroads do you think (gasps) (gasps) they have to oh my gosh they never tell you how they sell their soul this is like well, a, this is a supernatural moment. This is, it's actually Asmodian, the origin story. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> I love that. Okay, I just wanted to play the harp really well. My little yeah. my little thing, whatever it is that he plays all the time. It's all he wanted. Just babes and fast. drinking and really good at music. That's all he wants. Poor Asmodian. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Greymen are, like, really difficult to see. And when they die, like, whatever it is that was kind of, like, protecting them falls away from them. And Shiriam's reaction is like a man and a gray man at that inside the novice quarters. It's another place in the story where it's like the White Tower is falling apart. Like, the Amarillin has to protect against eavesdropping. She doesn't let her keep her in on the meeting she's having with Varen. She doesn't know if she can trust Varen, even though Varen is Aes Sedai and is sworn on the oath rod. We have 13... I said I gone like and now a gray man has attempted to kill Just, a novice yeah. in the novice quarters like this is a spot where I think Jordan gets Egwene's fear really well because she has this like oh my god if that if I hadn't have stopped right then it would have gone straight through my head and into Nynaeve like the bolt that's fired well, so at her. much for so much for being safe inside the white tower right her her layer of protection is gone and i mean even if she had wanted that the amberlin is totally taking that away from her by being like you're gonna go hunt the black aja now <laughs> have fun you know like how much more of a dangerous position could she be in And now someone's trying to kill her right after Nynaeve makes a comment where she's like, if the Black Aja know that we're hunting them, they know it already. Like right now, they already know. And then they're almost killed. Yeah. (laughs) Ah! I do like the 
quick thinking by Egwene being like, oh, I'm suddenly so cold. I need to go get my cloak. Right. That she's trying to like run back and get more, do more detectiving, I feel like. Yeah. And she wants to make sure that Shiram doesn't see the crossbow bow bolt mm-hmm. or she'll know that like they had more to do with the situation than what they've told her. Right. Yeah. Good job, Gwen. Mm-hmm. Quick thinking. I mean, her and well Nynaeve done. both in that situation. Nynaeve using air to stop the gray man and then just the like the nonchalant <laughs> way she like stands up and brushes her dress off like where she's like gone. She, and she's like they say that mm. what is it air is the least effective mm-hmm. or whatever of the of the many weaves but that would be false mm-hmm. and then she like wraps the dude up all kind of like smugly mm-hmm. like playing kind of like a teacher like someone repeating what someone has already said to her and it was just kind of a cute little moment between these two i loved it i think in, in the book it says that she was talking in a lecturing tone faintly mocking <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's such a it's it's such a good way of having Nynaeve express what's happening in the moment because she's willing to make fun of herself, but also, like, this is what I learned from it, and this is what we can both learn from it. So she's she is willing to learn from her mistakes and take away something that she can use in the future, and I, I think that's a really good characteristic for her to have. Okay, I need to talk about some things that Shiryam says. Oh, please. She says that there hasn't been a gray man in the tower since the Trolloc Wars, mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, like, you just had that information, like, on the tip of your tongue, you knew that? Okay, I'm impressed. Oh. Like, actually, a gray man has never been in the tower since the Trolloc Wars. Okay, Shiryam, I see you. And she also does this, like, quick shield weave over the gray man to keep anyone yes. from like seeing the corpse seeing mm-hmm. the body mm-hmm. and she tells them like tell no one mm-hmm. of this and then Nynaeve is like what are you doing here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like Shiryam what are you doing here mm-hmm. let's see here I I wanted to talk about this part, too. Um, This dome that she uses to cover Mm -hmm. the body on the floor. And it says that it's grayish and so opaque that it was hard to see there was a body under it. It would still make people who would walk by curious. Like, you would still see that something (laughs) Don't look. That's... (laughs) that's billy (laughs) one of the warders (laughs) he got caught with his pants down (laughs) keep walking (laughs) this is for his modesty i assure you yeah oh my god he ripped his pants in the training yard (laughs) split his britches keep walking i mean how i just i don't understand why someone hasn't tried to make a camouflage weave that would do that you know if you know how to make air opaque so that it can't be seen through there's got to be a way to like 
camouflage, right? That's what I would think of. It just seems so stupid. <laughs> well, just it's the best they got, Tracy. That's I mean, all they can do. Sure, That's all they managed in yes. the thousands of years since the White Tower. They're struggling. Exactly. Hot mess. <laughs> Amber, that's exactly my point. <laughs> no, like she even says it uh, like this will keep anyone else from touching him who can discover his nature. Like she knows people can see it. There will be no hiding the fact that a man was killed here. Okay. <laughs> so then what's the point of even covering him? Just leave him, leave him uh, there so everybody sees. Guys, we're in deep shit. There's conspiracy. a gray man in the tower. Totally. Conspiracy. Totally. And yeah, then she's like, then Nynaeve is like, oh, hey, because Shiriam's told them to leave. She's like, you've done your part. Get out. And Nynaeve is like, you know what? Um, Why are you here? What are you, what are you doing? Shiriam. Yeah. It, again, love that about Nynaeve, though. She's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, Rats. not afraid to tell her, like, you're being yep. sus. <laughs> so <laughs> out with it. Exactly. To the mistress of freaking novices. Yep. And Shiriam, yeah. Shiriam looks startled in response to Nynaeve's being like, why are, why are you here? Why are you here? Yeah. I love that for her. Mm-hmm. Same. I mean, they're on a hunt, and Nynaeve is, like, on the hunt, you know? She's already should have named it. this book The Great, the Black Aja Great Hunt. The Great Black <laughs> Aja Hunt. God. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, you know what? If you, like changed the title of this book to that it would almost make more sense than calling right? it the dragon reborn because we already know the dragon is reborn we figured that out in the last book like we know that the and last then, book should be the dragon reborn yeah this book should be the great hunt yeah for the black aja robert jordan i mean seriously like they already found the horn so what are they hunting for <laughs> You know, like if this were like a galloping story where they had to find the horn in order to be able to save a queen from what was happening in Falma. Sure. OK, the Great Hunt sounds awesome, but they've already got it. Harriet, where were you on that one? Right. Come on. Disappointing. <laughs> we're such harsh critics. Well, that, that wraps it up. Join us next week. <laughs> Are we really done? Uh, oh, we have an hour to No. Okay. I mean. No, we got to get to spoilers. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me see if there's anything in here that I wanted to, like, add before we jump to spoilers. Just that Egwene is trying in some ways to, like, set up a wall against everything that's happening in the moment. Like, she just wants a couple moments to feel normal to feel like a young woman mm -hmm. back in the tower just being a novice. Like, I, in some ways, I think she probably feels a bit of relief at the fact that she's receiving a punishment like she's a novice. <laughs> like, this is a lot of responsibility to put on a very young person. And in some ways, I, I resent Swan for doing it 
but I understand why. And I do feel as though the people she's chosen are capable. So it's just that she's just so young. Yeah. 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 If she were my daughter, right. I'd be worried about her. <laughs> I'd be well, more Well, I mean, it goes to show you. Yeah, exactly. I was, that's what I was going to say. Like, if I were more gays, I would be pissed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd be... I'd be asking Elida to rain fire <laughs> yeah. on, on the White Tower for me. Like, just... And then not bring her home with you Yeah, she doesn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Whose side are you on anyway? Elida is on Elida's mm -hmm. side. I think that's the only thing that Spoilers? I have. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, please. <laughs> okay. All Let's right. go out with them. Tell We're... me everything. Okay. So I have to find my notes. Okay. Okay, so the Shanchen constantly being dismissed, I think, like we had mentioned it earlier, that it's just such a shit ton of foreshadowing. And I have to wonder what would have happened had they taken that threat more seriously. Um, mm -hmm. Would we have had better alliances throughout the Westlands to be prepared for when the Shanshan did return. Like, just the way that Swan dismisses Varen. I get it. I get it. We talked about it earlier. But at the same time, you have a tower full of trained women. Use them. I know you right. can't trust everybody. But again, you're choosing one person to trust. Just one. One person in the tower. Varen. That's it dreamy barely paying what? attention to anything Varen. <laughs> i mean you're not wrong <laughs> but it's i mean this whole i feel like this whole beginning of the story should just be like a lesson in rumors because We've got rumors about the Dragon Reborn. Like, he was in the sky. He was doing this. This mm -hmm. is what he looked like. You know, like, the story's getting underhyped, overhyped. Like, everyone's just saying what they want to say and hearing what they want to hear, and it's traveling like wildfire. Yeah. And then we've got news about false dragons, and we've got um, the White Cloak saying that Ice and I were leading the charge against mm -hmm. them and that they were fighting with the Shan Chen. And all of this, like all of it, leads up to, I feel like, one major thing. Mm -hmm. And I had to even ask myself when she said it, mm -hmm. where like, Swan Sanchez is like, I could get stilled for this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. it, it kind of, I kind of always just felt like that wasn't super believable to me mm -hmm. because it was like, how can they prove anything really? Mm -hmm. Like, but when we're talking about all of these rumors, like, absolutely, yes, she will get stilled for that. For this, mm -hmm. people are always willing to believe the more ridiculous, the more fascinating, yep. the more scandalous. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, yes, she can mm -hmm. get sold for this. And I feel like 
all of these rumors and talks of rumors is like huge foreshadowing mm-hmm. of her getting stilled. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we had so much talk of stilling already. So on mm-hmm. Sanjay is like, I could get stilled for it. Then later, Egwene <laughs> and Elaine are like, they're going to still us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, it's all right here. <laughs> all right here. Yeah. I don't, I think when I first read it, I was not expecting swan to fall like i expected it to be this like hurdle that would get placed in front of her but that she would ultimately overcome and i actually think that for storytelling purposes her fall is better than like the overcoming trope that could have happened you know oh yeah yeah it's just it's really fun because from there she gets to do like things she never would have been able to do as the Amarillan and she was a very young Amarillan like truly 50 before she became Amarillan C and that's like crazy young in Aes Sedai terms like she's got a good 200 True. years of life left in her <laughs> So like time. Yeah. So I okay. I love that she gets that like and I, I really love the Gareth Bryn cranky relationship that they have together. It I don't know, it's just I think that one is fun. Swan is I love Swan as a character. I hope that they do that relationship well. Me too. I mean some people some people don't like it. But, yeah. I would like it better <laughs> if they did that and made Gareth Bryn like a female character. They could do that. Mm-hmm. But if I, I would hope that between Moraine and Swan, that they keep at least one of the relationships how they are in the book. Mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have a problem with Moraine and Tom at Mm-mm, all. He's no. a bamf. She is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I love Tom. Mm-hmm. Anyone yeah. who didn't see that coming, I'm sorry. I like it. I do too. <laughs> I've said it a million times before. Yeah. But Tracy, I'm Still dying to know about what you want to say about Elida. Oh, oh, okay. So <laughs> Morghese leaves Elida behind. We mm-hmm. already know Elida is bad news bears. She's just, she's very Elida-like. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. secrecy. There's a lot of unrest. Uh, there are murders and missing sisters. Like when Swan says they're able to keep the death of Aes Sedai secret. I'm like, how? How? Someone's right? going to miss them. What are them. they going to say? Like, they went to the farm? Yeah. Like, for, for what? For why? How did you keep that secret? Why? Why keep that secret? Why not have the entire White Tower up in arms about this? It seems yeah, so it's... foolish. I think I would. I think I agree with you. Yeah. Shocker. 
I know. But, <laughs> but then there's also the fact that Morgase leaves Elida behind. And as we said before, there's going to be a power vacuum in Andor, which means when Ravine comes strolling up as Gabriel, or however you say his name, it's not Gabriel. 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 <laughs> Can Come you imagine here. if that's how they say it in this show? <laughs> oh my God. They give more gays a stupid cocky Gabriel. accent, too. Gabriel. <laughs> Sorry. No, I love it. Yeah, I'm getting tired. No, it's fine. I don't really have a whole lot more. We can wrap it up after we talk about Elida if you want, because I have, I have a little list of like things that I think would be fun to talk about spoiler wise. But this one, I always kind of wondered how and why it was so easy for one of the Forsaken to make his way into Morgase's life, and well. Compulsion was one thing, mm-hmm. but power vacuum, mm-hmm. I would say, is a pretty good pretty good way to summarize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she's going to be looking for someone. She's, she's off her game. She's off balance. Her daughter is missing. Like, even if she's found out at this time that Elaine has returned, Elaine's going to be leaving again, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. So her daughter is lost and found and lost again? Well, fuck. Like, how much can a mother take? You know? Right. So Put one she... of those coin GPS trackers on her. Right. <laughs> Just, like, give her a really fancy necklace and be like, never take this off. Um, right? <laughs> I will always find you because I placed a tracker on you. Um I think it's also the fact that, like, there is all that unrest happening inside Camelin as a city. Like, I believe we hear rumors of riots and whatnot happening in the capital. So I feel as though compulsion may not have been entirely necessarily in the very early stages of Ravine taking his place in Andor the way he does. And then, like, he probably started using it on her to do things like dismiss most of the, uh, like her guards that are loyal to her mm-hmm. with people that are completely unknown to her and known to him under his command, not hers. Like, this is how that happened. So Light is left behind in the tower. She can get up to mischief. Morgase goes back to... Andor and is like, what the fuck am I going to do? And one of the Forsaken rolls up and is like, hey, I can help. I would love to get an Elida point of view because she, she thinks that from her moronic prophecy <laughs> deducing skills that the Dragon Reborn is going to be tied to the royal line of Andor so right now she's put out of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she was just thrown out on her butt. And oh God, now point. she is like got a axe to grind, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is because Swan Sanche lost 
Elaine. Mm -hmm. So now she's probably got a chip on her shoulder against Swan, who she doesn't Mm -hmm. like anyways. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Swan and Moraine put mice in her bed the night before they were raised to the shawl. (laughs) Yep. Like, she was the person who was like, I'll help you get ready for passing the test for the shawl, which include beating them and then leaving them to their painful night of sleep and then healing them in the morning. But this was so like... she could come back and heal But this happens multiple night. times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She does it over like and over again. It's not just once. Yeah. So, Elida already is like not a fan of Swan. Swan has reached a level of power that Elida can only dream of at this moment. And she is no longer able to touch and or because she's been removed as her advisor, which is another Mm -hmm. reason why working to depose Swan was probably so important to her. Like, as an Amarillan, she can walk into Andor anytime she wants to, you know? So she would still have that attachment to what she thinks will be that prophecy that belongs to her. Ugh. Good point. Good points. All great points. But I think we need to wrap it up because we're approaching an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, no, that's perfect. It's perfect. I'm going to go flip on all my AC units. (laughs) I'm about to go outside and get some cool air because it is hot up here. Oh, right. You go go cool off. Yeah. This was so much fun. To everyone who's listening, don't forget... Happy birthday to us. Join us for episode 100 celebration. Mm -hmm. We're going to be giving some cool stuff away. We're going to be doing some drawings for all of our listeners. And if you want to take part in that, you must subscribe to us on YouTube. So we hope we see you then. Yeah, we don't ask you guys to do that very often, but it's more because we want you to be there with us than anything else. So... We want to give you free, cool things. Yes, so please, 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 please. (laughs) YouTube, Rose Tarvalin, Fun Good Times, 100th episode. And thanks for sticking with us for two years. Holy crap. You guys the best. Hashtag blessed. No kidding, right? Love it. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.